Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, Santa! You could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy. On now at APCO. Ho, 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 ho. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Oh, it could be argued that Melbourne could well be Never Never Land for the Warriors. I tell you what, if they can pick up the win, they will be Peter Pans because it's a tough, tough ask, isn't it, to head to Melbourne and take on the storm and beat them. It's a very hard thing to do, not just for the Warriors, but just about any team in the NRL. Now, joining us now, uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome and he hosts a podcast called Fonzie Talks Warriors. So guess what? We've got Fonzie on ahead of this Warriors-Melbourne storm clash. Uh, welcome into the show from Australia, Fonzie. G'day, Staffy. Great to be here, mate. How have you become a Warriors fan? Tell us your path to this um, tumultuous relationship that you clearly must have with the Warriors. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say no one sets out to go and become a Warriors fan if they don't have to, do they, in a lot of ways? No, I, I started out as a Balmain fan. Balmain got kicked out of the comp. And living in Sydney, I refused to support another Sydney team. And in the meantime, I just spent a lot of time in New Zealand and fell in love with the place. So the Warriors were sort of just a team that captured my imagination. And over time, I just became more and more rusted on to the point where I started a podcast about them. Brilliant. And do you get along to many of their games over in there in Australia? I mean, you've had a heap of opportunity in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, so I try to. I've got a young family at the moment, so it's uh, not quite as easy as it used to be. But um, to be honest, I'm looking forward to getting back over to Mount Smart late this year because that's really where you want to see the Warriors play. So I'm looking forward to jumping on a plane and heading over. July 3, I mean, that's uh, so many sports fans have got that date circled on their calendars to be at Mount Smart. It's just about sold out already. That's going to be some some special event. Uh, I'd love to see you there. I'd love to be there, Staffy. Just, just talking to the boss about that at the moment, mate, but I, I think it'll happen. All right, let's have a look at this task that's ahead of them um, with the Melbourne Storm. I, I, I keep seeing for the last week or so people saying, oh, Melbourne's the Warriors' bogey team, and I don't know where they get that from. Uh, is it a bogey team if you can beat them a couple of times in 10 years? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but what are you making of this matchup heading into tonight's match? Look, I mean, Melbourne's a team with a really talented roster, and they've spent a long time perfecting their system whereas the Warriors are a team with sort of a developing roster, you'd say, and we're still working out our system. So if you just look at it that way, you've got to say Melbourne are odds-on favourites, but two-horse race, you're always a puncher's chance, aren't you? Yeah, and the Warriors have got some pretty special individuals. But, you know, collectively, on paper, there's no way we should win this. But if Sean Johnson puts on a masterclass, Reese Walsh, Tempers his enthusiasm a little bit. Um, we've got we've got a really good forward pack. I do think that's our strength. The Warriors in the forward pack can match up against anyone. 
Yeah, well, look, I agree with you about our spine. There's players in our spine that are every bit as good as theirs. Um, but the spine needs good ball and it needs momentum. And I think our forward pack is a very good pack. But for the last sort of five, six weeks, it's felt a bit like Fenor Blake's a one-man army for us. Mm. And we really need Lodge, who's back from injury, and Tavango, who's back um, from suspension, and others to step up and sort of lift that momentum coming out of our own end. What are they missing? What, what's, what's a couple of key components the Warriors are missing to take them out of that sort of destined for somewhere between 7th and 12th? What, what's a couple of components you'd like to bring in to get them up to sort of 3rd to 6th? I think it's just time, Staffy. Honestly, I think the, the roster's there, especially with what's coming into the roster next year. I think I'm more and more getting on board with Brownie's system. I think he's sort of on the front foot of some of the changes that are happening in the game. So it's just time. Our outside backs need time to develop. Our spine needs time to click. Some of the younger forwards probably just need to step up a little bit more. But I think all the ingredients are there. It might just be a case of a little bit of patience and a bit of luck. What is the reputation of Nathan Brown in Australia, in the NRL, as a coach? What What's he most effective at? Well, it's funny. If you look at a lot of fan commentary, it's quite negative about him. But whenever you hear players about him on media, they're quite complimentary. So there might be a bit of a myth versus reality going on with Brown, but his reputation would be that he's a very good man manager, um, sort of a player's player, uh, understands the game really quite well from an attacking point of view. But he then also has a reputation for strange selections and strange signings. And I think partly that's because people don't quite get what he's aiming for sometimes. Yeah, because I've always been fascinated by the coaching merry-go-round, um, the the ones that have been on and off, uh, the likes of Trent Barrett, uh, Madge, these sorts of guys. Uh, Paul McGregor got sacked from his last coach, and now he's regarded as one of the best coaches. Um, it's it's always fascinated how quickly they're pushed off the train and then welcomed back onto another train, and the club welcomed them with open arms. Yeah, and it probably comes down to an issue in sport generally, but certainly in rugby league, which is that we tend to want to go for the quick, easy fix a lot of the time. Mm. And the coach is often a quick, easy fix. But if you've got issues in your development systems, if you've mismanaged your roster over a long period of time, if there's issues in your front office, a coach isn't going to solve those problems. And so I look at Madge at the moment. I mean, Madge has won a premiership, right? And so he doesn't go from being a good coach to a shocking coach in the space of five years. What's all, all that's happened is this, the context he's in has changed. So I look at Brownie and I say, let's give him some time. I think he might be, he might be trying something so crazy it might just work here. Yeah, I'd really love them to. Well, I don't know if you have to sign him for another three years, but just exercise some patience and I'm not just talking the club I'm talking the fans because there are glimpses and as you say there's been some interesting signings um, they've they've scouted some youngsters they've put a good forward pack together they got Sean Johnson back they found Reese Walsh but yeah I, I'm starting to come to your way thinking time's the most key component isn't it? Well it is and we can't underestimate what a difference it'll make when we actually have a development system in place with junior grades um, based out of Auckland, playing in Aussie systems, because until you get that development pathway right, you're just relying on very good recruitment calls, like lucky calls, to be honest. Mm. You're picking up players that are undervalued or haven't quite broken through, and you're relying on your talent identification in someone else's system. Until we get that base back in Auckland, pushing through the, the junior grades, 
then um, it's going to be inconsistent. So I think that's right. We, we hopefully move back to Auckland next year. That base gets re-established. And a few years after that is when you'll see the fruits of that in the same way Penrith did over a period of time. Yeah, and it seems like uh, with Phil Gould's guidance, it's something Canterbury are going to have to do, and it's they're going to take two or three years to get back to their former glory. Is is there any appetite over there, or any talk about that under twenties coming back? Because when we had the twenties, the reserve grade, and the and the top team, I mean, the Warriors made the twenties final, they made the reserve grade final, and we made a couple of. NRL grand finals as well and I feel like when those feeder systems that could be based and trained with the NRL teams we lost a little bit of our a bit of our momentum just losing that feeder system Yeah it's always hard for the Warriors because they're having to bear the cost of putting teams into Aussie systems if they want to play at the same standard but I mean in, in New South Wales for example there's a cup competition that's your reserve grade and then I think it's 21s now and then 19s, it's just... So there's always been a version of the 20s that just hasn't had the profile and prominence that it previously did. And there's no reason other than money that the Warriors couldn't enter into all three of those competitions and have a, uh, a reserves 20s and 18s uh, team playing in the New South Wales Cup system, which is a really strong system. They'd have to be based in New South Wales because I don't know that they'd entertain, even though they'd have to come to Auckland once each team. Um yeah, would we have to set up maybe a a mini academy over in, in New South Wales and and fill it with Kiwis? No, no, I don't think so at all. No, I think um, I mean the Warriors did formally before COVID hit have a cup team, so that's your reserves and an 18s team that flew out of Auckland every fortnight, um, and that was all fine. There was no need to face in New South Wales, so it'd just be that next step to have a 20s team in the middle of that doing the same thing. And yes, there's cost and so on. I'm not um, trivialising how big an ask it is, but to be honest, if if you want to be a consistently good side, I think that's what they've got to do. Around the rest of the teams, there's always talk. I mean, the Kalen Ponga one filled out ears and eyes for a couple of weeks. That's been put to bed, and I guess we're going to go back and look at Redcliffe and what's Wayne Bennett going to do. I I guess Kalen Ponga's the one that got away. Now there's talk about Cam Munster, maybe. Um, It looks like he's having a bit of a mission filling a roster. Yeah, I I agree. They've signed Sean O'Sullivan, who we got to look at as our sort of number two half last year, and the press release they put out sort of made it sound like he was going to be their starting seven, and he's a good, honest player, but I don't think he's a starting seven in any side this year. So I do think they're struggling to get a roster together, and of course that means they're going to be knocking on the likes of Reese Walsh and others to exit contracts early. And uh, I, I do think they're in a tough place. The Dolphins are going to get increasingly desperate. They must have a big money backer because it's not it's not cheap to put these things together or are the NRL helping out with that expansion, do you know? My understanding is that they're a very rich club, the Dolphins. They've operated at Q Cup level for a long time. They've got the backing of the licensed club and they had plenty of money in the bank. So I, I think one of the criteria the NRL was very keen on was they wouldn't have to tip in at all. And I think that's the case. I think they just um, have, have the money to kick off, you know, in a in a big way and, and fund the initial capital and then they're just relying on going forward to get the support and the sponsorship through. All right. Um, we're joined by Fonzie. Uh, Fonzie and the Warriors, that's the podcast that you can catch up. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's awesome talking to a Warriors fan with an Australian accent. It's quite quite unu- <laughs> it's quite unusual, but, but I do enjoy it. Let's, let's revisit tonight's match. Realistically, what do you think the scoreboard will say at full time? 
I'll be brutally honest with you, Staffy. I reckon, you know, like 40 to 10, mm. you know, 42 to 12, that kind of thing. Um, but to me, that's that's okay. Like, I don't really care what the score is tonight. What I really want to see is that yardage, you know, that um, deficiency I talked about coming good with more of a full-strength forward pack. And I want to see the spine clicking against a very quality opposition and Reese Walsh getting some good ball. If we see all those things, then we can sort of have a bit of confidence going forward like we did coming out of the Roosters game. Because if we're going to beat Melbourne, it's more likely to be round 20 than round 8, round 7. Yeah, fair cop, fair cop. Fonzie, great chatting, buddy. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a pleasurable experience for me. As I say, the Aussie accent and the Warriors fan, it's a, it's a unique thing, and I like it. Uh, thanks, Staffy, and uh, thanks for all the work SENZ does in terms of putting out some great league content. It's really good for the community. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Fonzie. Great chat. There he is. Um, if you want to catch up with his podcast, um, Fonzie Talks Warriors. It's a podcast based in Australia. Interesting how he came to like the Warriors. His Balmain Tigers were rolled up. Well, they they merged with West Tigers, didn't they? Uh, With West, because they were uh, West Magpies and Balmain Tigers. They became the West Tigers. And he said, no, I want Balmain. Can't have Balmain. And I can fully understand. uh, I can't support another Sydney team because he's been at war with them for a long time. So I guess it was either one of the Queensland teams or Melbourne, but wisely he's chosen the Warriors. The magnificent Warriors. $6.90 they are head-to-head. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.